0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the New Day podcast. We're located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. All well, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Thank you. I receive it. We're going to finish up on virtue today, so just by a real short reminder, uh, we, we're taking a passage from 2 Peter 1.5, and I want to read it to you again. In the admonishment from Peter, we've been looking at God's economy over our lives and what economy means, and then how God does things in our life, and he does them so differently than we do uh, most of us get stuck with adding and subtracting, but it says in Second Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, that grace and peace gets multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's an amazing thing. Uh, and then later, and this is the verse that we're looking at, which is, it's, it's not taught as, as important as it was in the early church this was a this was a major you know where are you gleaning all that information is because so much was written in the early church about this passage that Peter wrote, and Peter was at that point whatever that means because we know that Jesus is the head, he was the lead guy of the church, and he was looked to for such strength and Peter was the little rock <laughs> that that Jesus proclamation to him over what he would do in his life and how he would lead, everybody knew those stories. So everybody followed him and followed his teachings very carefully, and the letters that he wrote to the church were extremely important. So as they studied it, and the early church fathers studied it in the first few centuries of the church, this passage of scripture was really important because the church had very little power, it had no governmental authority, um, even where it went to you know heathen lands, the heathen had <laughs> had authority and the Roman government at that point in time was persecuting all believers and putting them many of them to death. We know from the stories of the martyrs, so let me read this passage of scripture that was uh, what the biblical term for it is? What was exegeted in the early church? Second uh, Peter one five he says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So faith is what we believe, and Peter said you're believing. That's good. Uh, James uh, <laughs> said it in a different way. He said you believe. He said devils believe and tremble so peter's putting it here says we don't understand how important the very fact of believing is so if you believe add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Most Christians today try to love people without ever adding any of those other things in their life. And they're actually a progression. Now remember this is about economy. They build one thing upon another. And so we've been looking at what's the first thing you're supposed to add, which is virtue. And most people don't understand what that name or what the word even implies or means. Because it's taken on meanings today that are quite different than it meant back then, though it meant some of those things. Because in the Greek, this is both a uh, masculine and feminine word. It's not one or the other. In Greek, they have, they have that. It, it included both. So when we think of virtue, we normally go back to the Proverbs and think about what Solomon said. And we go to Proverbs 31, which is about the virtuous wife. And so normally we think of, in terms of virtue, being pure, uh, being chaste, uh, upright. Uh, how would you put it today? being very conservative, <laughs> and dressing properly, and those sort of things. But it meant so much more. This, this is a word that actually affected many of the later legends in English-speaking lands that we believe in. Um, do you believe in the legend of King Arthur? A couple of you do. Well, he probably really did uh, exist. How he existed, I don't know. Uh, I tend to lean into the Welsh tale of it because it includes my name. So, the <laughs> the Welsh legend is the Prünnin Lloyd, uh, which means the Great King. So, it's uh, those legends were built around this word, valor. Valor. That's what virtue actually meant. Now, if I say to you, add to your faith valor, what does that mean to you? Strength. Courage. Bravery. Honest. Doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. To be a knight of valor meant... You—it's uh, it's where we got the whole term chivalry from. Uh, to to the knights sought thought—you know—they sought after this as this high and lofty thing. They believed in what they thought. This is what it means. If I believe, then I am going to be this sort of person. So we've looked at the word courage, which it takes courage to have valor. And that what's really important is not just in front of other people or for the sake of other people, but how important it is to have valor when you're all alone. When nobody's around and nobody's looking, what sort of person are you? If you're a believer, do you add virtue when you're all alone? When you're faced with trials, when you're faced with Thinking through things, Do you have to go away and think through things? Are you an internal processor or an external processor? I know that Carrie Rowe and I are internal ones, so a couple of the, yeah, there's a couple of you. I process things internally. I have to go alone. But I have to have the other too. I have to have the wisdom of other people. So the first one I go to after thinking about it myself is Brenda who has a lot of wisdom. And so we bounce ideas off of each other and do that. And that's a way of adding to my life virtue. These are some of the definitions of virtue. Conformity to a standard of right. A beneficial quality or power in something. A commendable quality, a merit. even the the scouting stuff that we do today. And I don't think there's a separation anymore. I don't understand that. But when there was Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, now I think they're just scouts. But maybe that's because we don't have the ability to stand in valor anymore. So it's a and then with it is not just merit, but there because of the merit of it, there's a potency with it. They saw it as great strength. Then there, there is the uh, the chastity part of it, the being chaste. And uh, the real word with it in being valor is a strength of mind or spirit that enables a person to encounter danger with firmness. So the idea of valor today, lem- Let me just put it within our own culture today. How important is it that we today, as believers, add to our faith valor? Of all days. You know, I can't remember which philosopher said it, but the only thing necessary for triumph for evil to triumph is that good people do nothing. What can I do? Well, it starts with your heart and decisions that you make in your heart of what sort of person that Christ has called you to be. Not to get something from Christ, but as a reflection of Christ living in you. What sort of... I think about this, because we don't, we don't often... Think through in terms of looking at it in a sense of Jesus as the Savior. How much valor did He have? He never, you know, I I was taught this because I worked in politics at one time, and that the the very definition of politics is learning how to yield without compromise. That sucks. I don't want to yield. And I certainly don't want to compromise to yield, but that just stinks when you think about it. That's not, you know, where Jesus never, ever compromised who he was as both. You have to think through this. He didn't compromise himself as both the son of God, but he also didn't as the son of man. That's why he's referred to as the second Adam. Because everything that Adam could not do, Jesus did. And that took great personal valor. That's why you see him in the garden going, Oh man, I don't want to do this. He was being so honest. Nevertheless, I'm going to submit to every bit of this. The temptation to quit was so great that it said, you know, we know the scripture. It says that his drops of sweat became his blood. Ah, you talk about an anguish to show valor. And he chose it when he was all alone. So with this word, here's what was built. And this is where we stopped last time. And I will get through them today. <laughs> Promise. Promise is that the ancients said there, there were actually seven virtues that made up virtue. They broke it down into seven different things. Three of them were theological, which are faith, hope, and love. They saw that as the overarching, what Christ did for us. Then the thing that we added was four things that made up valor or virtue. So... Uh, they were called cardinal virtues because they thought that all civilized people could recognize them. Uh, the theological ones, not so much. It takes Jesus to recognize faith, hope, and love. But the cardinal virtues were, and they were called cardinal. I explained this last week. A cardinal is the what we normally call a door hinge today. Okay? It's a... It's two clasps and a pin that go through. That's how important these were. They said this is a thing that everything pivots on, is on this cardinal. So that's what hinges used to be referred to as a cardinal hinge. It's how the door opens and shuts in our life and what it can open and shut over. So they were extremely important, has nothing to do with the Catholic Church or the the hierarchy within the Catholic Church, and it's literally, it's what we should say, these four things are pivotal to add into your life. Your whole life will turn on these things, both privately and publicly, because it determines how you're responding to your Savior, to your faith, and what you believe. So, the four things fascinating. We'll go through them very quickly. Prudence. Uh, I've known one girl that was named Prudence, and she wasn't. (laughs) What a name to put on a child, huh? The word prudence actually means this, practical common sense taking the trouble to think out what you're doing and what, li- and what is likely to come from it. All common law in the English-speaking people's groups are based on the idea of prudence. It's this. This is all common law. Everything that we know of of our court systems. Matter of fact, you get your degree in jurisprudence. And it means, literally, it means practical common sense. What would an ordinary person, given an ordinary set of circumstances, and something gets introduced that's not ordinary, how would they respond to this? And so it's just common sense. Uh, they used to say that about the people where I'm from in Iowa. You know, they're, they're just common sense sort of people. They are. Uh, Nowadays, we don't even like to use this word. It's not a common word. You don't hear it very often. Um, Many Christians today have this, that as, uh, as provided that you are good, it doesn't matter if you're a fool, as long as you're a good person. Prudence implies something else. Prudence implies you have taught yourself and learned how to think in wisdom and do practical things. Now, God takes no pleasure in fools. Sorry, it's in the Proverbs. He takes no pleasure in being foolish. Well, I, don't, I just don't want to know that stuff. That's foolishness. God wants to have people who know how to think and act in a given moment and do it the right way. Not legally, not by the law, but that we have this understanding. So I add common sense into it. It means I tuck away all my learnings from the time I am a child until I've grown older. And as I grow older, I put away childish things and embrace adult thinking. I look at it differently. I listen to adults the smartest here i get kids in here the smartest kid on the planet listens to wisdom adults not non-wisdom adults so they listen to parents and people that are trustworthy in their life family members that are trustworthy not all family members are trustworthy i'm not saying you should li- listen to every weird uncle freddy Not that at all, but you definitely lean into the people that you know you have practical wisdom. And if you want to grow in prudence, you will learn from people who you know live right. And that's what you do. The second word is temperance. Another word that is completely taken out of its meaning and context today Uh, because of the temperance movement in America in which it it was to get rid of all alcohol and it didn't work. It just didn't work. Because that isn't what temperance meant. Um, It's one of those that's changed its meanings. It now usually means teetotalism. So if, if I am temperate, it means I don't drink alcohol at all. I don't do this. And then you start listing out all the rules. I don't go to dances, I don't... You know, it's uh, because because I'm a temperate person. It actually means nothing of the sort. Temperance referred to not even especially drink back in those days because most people 200 years ago drank alcohol with meals even. If they could afford it, that's what they did because that's what was available. You didn't go buy a six-pack of Coca-Cola. Matter of fact, you may not even have good water in your home So you would drink wine in its place. But it does mean this. It doesn't mean abstaining, but going to the right length and no further. To be temperate meant it's okay to do this, but not to overdo it. Not to do it beyond what is normal. Again, it's almost like adding to the prudence issue. I'm adding temperance, which means, you know, uh, honestly, Paul said this. He said, listen, all things are lawful to me, but some things aren't expedient for me to do. That's temperance. Some things I should not do, even though it's not illegal for me to do them. You know, like people who try and strain and find out if uh, it's okay if believers smoke marijuana. And so they search the word of God and, find, and pull some scriptures out of eye, God knows where. But trying to justify that it's okay to do that, and it's not. It's not okay. Why? Because we know that it pulls away from the Holy Spirit. And I can lay that out for you scripturally, and that's why temperance is this, that it, it opens me up to a, to a world that I wasn't designed to be opened to. It, my, my mind gets, you know, and I'm back in the day, so I'm out of the hippie movement, and before I got saved, yes, I did, and yes, I inhaled. And uh, do you know what I can say, though, now today? It's not that I have regrets. I wish I would have never. That's called temperance. I I wish I would have left that alone completely, because it opened up a world to me that was ungodly, unseemly, wrong, devastatingly wrong. In my case, I couldn't stop there. I no longer knew where where to draw lines. And those lines became blurred and I became more and more sinful and thank God Jesus came in and rescued me from me and put valor into my life. The third one is this, which is designed to go with the first one especially, but it's justice. But justice means much more than the sort of thing that we look at the courts to do. Because uh, if you've noticed it, you can twist uh, legal rulings to do really bizarre things that have nothing to do with justice. It's an old name that that actually uh, should be the word should be called this fairness. What is fair? So if you'll notice this, uh, when judges used to give a ruling, they would say what is fair and just. So it, it means that sense, of, and the sense of fair play is would you do that with everyone? Would you be fair? Would you play fair? Would you do it right? It, it means it's about honesty, give and take, truthfulness, keeping promises, um, all that side of life. Another better way of saying is what is true? So if you have valor you're able to distinguish right away what is true. This is why it was such an important one to add to faith. I believe. Now, what is it I believe about that? Well, the truth says this. And that way you don't... Have you ever tried to... uh, And and again, we have young ones in here, so uh, all I can say is you'll never be successful trying to do this. But have you ever tried to justify something that you did that you knew wasn't right by searching the scriptures to do that? A couple of you have. I bet you all have at one point in time. And then what you find out is that didn't work. Why? Because God's the spirit of truth. Jesus says, I am truth. True truth. And so trying to do that never works. You're not adding valor, you're taking it away and undercutting it. And the last one is this, and I love, I love, I love, I love this part. It's not a word that's used a lot. Fortitude. It has the word fort in it, so it means it's a great strength and protection. Um, but it means something much more. There are two types of courage here in having fortitude the kind that faces danger, there's that type of valor. And then there's the kind that faces danger and sticks to it. That's called fortitude. Um, again, it's what the people that I grew up around would say oh, that takes guts. That means, man, they not only stood, but they stood. (laughs) And they didn't back up one bit. Listen, if there's anything we have to have today to face what's going on in our society, it's this, it's guts. And to keep saying and doing the right thing, not hedging. I uh, heard an interview from Joel Osteen several years ago now. And whether you're a Joel Osteen fan or not, I don't that's not the issue for me. But in the interview, it was by a reporter, a journalist, who was trying to trap him into saying that he was opposed to homosexuality. And they would say, Well, in your beliefs, are you opposed to homosexuals? So they put it in that term, and and whether it's right or wrong. And he said the Bible says it's a sin. And they would say, yes, but what do you think? The Bible says it's a sin. And they kept trying to get him to say what it was from him. And what he kept doing is going back to the word. It took such, I was going, ah, fortitude, buddy. Because he stood on what the word of God says not putting anybody down, not saying I can't love those people or they're going to hell. He didn't you do any of that. Not one bit of it. He just kept going, the Bible says it's a sin. And then he, he did say this. He says, there's lots of things that the Bible says are sin. <laughs> and so he put it in that same camp. They couldn't trap him. That man had valor. That man does have valor. I'll just say, say that about him. It's not a simple action of the flesh or at that moment in time I choose to do something. When I embrace this and these four things, then virtue reflects who I am as the new person in Christ. That's what valor does. If I'm a person of valor, I am reflecting Christ in me The hope of glory. Not a religious term, but a very needful term in what sort of person we are. And then you find out, and what he says at the end of 1 Peter, if you have these things, you're not going to stumble. What he's he's saying then is you're going to mature. You're going to grow up in God, which is so important. I have seen in my day, I've addressed kids so much today, it's probably because of my granddaughters who are here. Um, I have watched children stand in great maturity as they went to school and went, No, I, I'm, I can't do that. And they had such strength of courage. And I've seen people in the church have that. I've seen people in my family have that. I've seen loved ones and good friends have that. When that's yours, nobody can take it. They can tell you it's wrong, but they can't take it from you. Nobody can take what is yours in Christ, and that's how we mature. So when I keep doing this, I just keep adding levels of maturity in my thinking about who I am in my faith. So I have, and this wasn't original from me, but I have this, this old adage, this old saying, uh, because this is really more than a few actions. It's a certain type of conduct that reflects Jesus in my life. Um, so I'll close with this. Have you noticed that, uh, that since you were young, since you were whatever age you were, that you have habitual ways of doing things. You have some that you're not even aware of. Those are idiosyncratic behaviors that can come out of strongholds, actually, and aren't necessarily good. But have you noticed by nature that we tend to develop certain patterns of how we like to grow? This is how you can do it. I've got a little saying to give you. Over this word valor. It has to first be a thought. And if you will sow a thought, you will reap an act. Because actions always follow thoughts. If you sow an act, you will reap a habit. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again... It becomes a habit in your life. So that's why, do you have to pray every morning? No, you get to. You don't have to. But if you start sowing that in your life, even if it's a quick prayer before you get to school or work, it says, oh God, sometimes it's, oh God, help me get through this day. But it's a habitual prayer that starts your day of gratefulness and thankfulness. It'll change you. If you sow a habit... You'll reap a character. What does that mean? Other people will notice it and go, that's the sort of person they are. That's who they are. That's their character. And if I sow a character, I will reap a destiny. God is your destiny and your destination. But when you do what this says, it says at the end of Peter, here's God's economy, you won't stumble. Um, I don't measure anymore how many times I stumble a day. I used to. I don't think in those kind of terms anymore because of understanding the grace of God. But I will say this. I have a rich destiny. I have an inheritance in God. Psalm 16 is wonderful to me. It says that the, the lines have fallen to me in good places, and I have a good inheritance. I believe that about my whole life. Do you, do you have some things that you regret? Probably, but I'd have to deal them out and really get the garden rake out and go, what was that again? Um, you know, like I said, the stuff about, like you did back in the hippie days. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But I'm not going to maintain those regrets. What I know now is I have sown a destiny because I left those foolish things behind. Don't let, because this is what's really important about valor and us standing, don't let the ways of this world turn your heart to foolishness. Right is right, wrong is wrong. Your heart knows it. The spirit of truth lives in you. If it doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. It's that old adage. If it looks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, guess what? It's probably a duck, yeah. It might be a turkey. It's those things. It's the practical wisdom. I have a book that I would recommend to you especially at this time in this generation. Maybe I always threaten to do it, and maybe someday I'll do it. Carrie even made me the thumb drive with the pictures of it. There's a book, I can't remember the author. I don't think it's published anymore, but you might be able to find copies of it. And there's it a book that's called Wise Dog. Any of you read it? It's called Wise Dog. Yeah, Wise Dog. It's about identity and destiny. And it's about two little kittens named Mitty and Maddie. And how they get deceived and tricked into thinking that they want to be something that they're not. And so they start pretending to be something that they are not. One of them starts pretending to be, wants to be a lion, and the other wants to be an elephant. And so there's a deceiving animal called the monkey and the monkey uh, talks him into being into his circus and says if you want to grow up to be an elephant that must mean you're a baby elephant now so just be an elephant you can imagine the how the story goes they get put in a in a uh, animal <laughs> detention center a prison a little cage on wheels and uh, and they get... Taken around, shown to everybody in the circus in the, of this world. And at the end, Wise Dog comes along and tells them how they can escape, which is simply to walk through their bars and, and be who they were meant to be and to be the person that they were called to be. And So that's why it's called Wise Dog. And to this day, the end of the story is, Mitty and Maddie are two very wise cats They didn't try to be something they're not. We need that today. That's called valor. We need practical valor. I want to pray for us. God, help us to add virtue to what we believe about you. In our own lives, help us to be men and women, boys and girls of great courage. To know how to have our yes be yes and our no be no. And not to be convinced of things because that's how somebody else looks at it or that's the wrong philosophy, that's the wrong religion. Lord, we're yours and we want to stand in that kind of valor. So help us with our courage and help us to make right choices each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God bless you guys.